Welcome to the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast today. I'm evangelist Micah McCurry. Thank you so much for your listenership. Right out of the gate, let me tell you what's happening. We have some testimonies to share with you. Some people in prison have gotten saved. Their physical body might be behind bars, but their soul is heading to heaven. We're so glad about that. We'll share some of that with you in just a few moments. We're going to share a new Bible study. We are continuing a little pause from our previous Bible study, and I hope you have enjoyed our time in the scriptures over these last few weeks and our guests in weeks past. I greatly appreciate any opportunity to introduce some great Christian workers to you through this program. But I'm going to ask you, would you turn in your Bibles to the book of 1 Kings chapter 20? We're going to go through the majority of this chapter on the program this week. I think there are some things we can learn. Well, there's something we can always learn from the scripture. We all know that. But there is a specific lesson I'd like for you and I to glean from this particular passage of Scripture that God showed me not too long ago. I hope you'll find your place there. Before we go any further, though, let me tell you about our ministry. Bible Tracks Incorporated, it's been around for 80 plus years. Many of you know that. But did you know that you can go to our website today, right now, and receive some gospel tracks for free? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, but you'd like to, let me encourage you to visit BibleTracksInc.org. There's much information there that might be a help to you. But if you're a Christian worker and you don't have gospel tracks with you, let me ask a rhetorical question. Do you know the type of people that give out gospel tracks? Well, it's the type of people that carry gospel tracks. It's very difficult to give out that which you do not have in your possession. So, Visit BibleTracksInc.org today. You can order one of our sample packets. It's one each of every gospel tract we have in our inventory, and I think it just might be a help to you. Later on in the week of programs, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about some specific gospel tracts that you should consider ordering today. Now, I've got to look very quickly here at some notes that I've got. I received a text today from our good man Todd in the office. Todd Lofbaum is a good man who works with our prison letters, the inmates that correspond with us. He texted me the other day. He said that two more prisoners had let us know they've accepted Christ as their personal Lord and Savior to God be the glory. But here's what one prisoner said. His name is John from Wisconsin. Here's what he said. I would like to know if you can send me a list or catalog of your gospel tracks. I need some that I can pass out here on my cell block. I would like and I would prefer some that maybe are short and concise to the point, easy to understand. If you could please send me some or send me some samples, I would greatly appreciate it. John at a correctional institution in Wisconsin. He says, thank you in advance and continue in God's work. I love the fact that this man, though he is physically confined, though he is in a position where his physical body is does not have, he doesn't have the ability to walk the streets like you or I do, but yet still he desires to put the word of God out in his circumstance. I am so thankful to John. Now, John, if you listen to this radio broadcast, let me tell you how much I appreciate the fact that you would contact us and desire to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. I hope we all myself included, I hope we all take that as a conviction that you and I need to use gospel tracks. So be like John, 
order one of our sample packets. He did it with a note. You can send it to us, P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois. You can do it that way. You can text me directly. Text me at 309-316-7240. I'll give you that number one more time in a second, but you can visit our website, BibleTracksInc.org. There's so many ways to do it. Don't make excuses. Text me, 309 316 Seven two, four zero. Let's get the gospel out. Just like John is in a correctional institute in Wisconsin, he still feels the need to put the gospel out. Let's do it in our neck of the woods as well. Now, let's look at 1 Kings chapter 20. We're going to read a few verses here to give us some context. Someone asked me the, the other day if we could bring a Bible study that is straight to the point, and I think that's what we're going to do today. We're going to read the first few verses of 1 Kings chapter 20. Here's what it says. And Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his host together, and there were thirty and two kings with him, and horses, and chariots. And he went up and besieged Samaria and warred against it. Now, Let's understand the context of where we are in the Bible. We're taking a pause in this particular passage. If you go back a few chapters, you'll see the introduction the Bible gives us in 1 Kings 17 to the prophet Elijah. And immediately previous to this, Elijah connects with Elisha, his protege, mentor relationship there between Elijah and Elisha. But here in 1 Kings 20, the Bible is giving us a little bit of a historical perspective here on what's going on with some of the wars and tumultuousness, but I think there are some lessons that we can learn. We see here in verse number 1 that God's people are outnumbered. We'll come back to that in just a moment. Verse number 2, and he, meaning Ben-Hadad, the evil king, the wicked king, the king of Syria that's warring against God's people there in Samaria, Verse 2, and he sent messengers to Ahab. Now, we know Ahab, king of Israel, was not a good guy. He was not the type of guy that we want to emulate in our lives, but we're going to learn some things, both good and bad, from his life here in this passage. And he, Ben-Hadad, sent messengers to Ahab, king of Israel, into the city, and said unto him, Thus saith Ben-Hadad, verse 3, Thy silver and thy gold is mine. Thy wives also, and thy children, even the goodliest, are mine. Now, when I first read this passage, all I could think about was the practical application that God had for us in this passage today. As I said, we'll come back to that. I want to give us some more context. Look at verse number four. And the king of Israel answered and said, My lord, O king, according to thy saying... I am thine and all that I have. Whew, good night. So let's get let's get the understanding of what's going on here. Ben Hadad and the wicked people of Syria are coming to fight against Samaria, against Israel, against Ahab, king of Israel. And Ben Hadad, the wicked king, sends messengers to the king of God's people, Ahab, and says, Here's the deal, buddy. Everything you have, I want it. I want all the good stuff. Everything that catches your eye, everything that's good in your sight, I want it. And Ahab, like a weakling, says, Sure, I'll, I'll give you whatever you want. You can have it all. Man, that doesn't sound like the right response. That doesn't sound like what God's people should do when they're confronted with wickedness. 
We're going to look at what God has to say about all of that in just a little while, but look at verse number five here. And the messengers came again and said, Thus speaketh Ben-Hadad, saying, Although I have sent unto you, saying, Thou shalt deliver me thy silver, and thy gold, and thy wives, and thy children, yet I will send my servants unto thee tomorrow about this time, and they shall search thine house, and the houses of thy servants, and it shall be that whatsoever is pleasant in thine eyes, they shall put it in their hand, and take it away. Now, I think we're probably going to focus on those verses 5, 6, and 7 tomorrow on the program, but let's unpack those first four verses. I just wanted to give you some context here, and if I feel like I'm moving a little bit quick today, that's because there is a lot to get to in this study of this chapter, 1 Kings 20. But see here, Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, comes to war against the king of Israel, Ahab. He says, give me all your stuff. Give me all the good stuff. And Ahab says, sure, you can have it all. I'm just going to cower over here in the corner. You take your pick of the litter. Let's back up to verse number one. And Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his hosts together, and there were thirty and two kings with him, and horses and chariots, and he went up and besieged Samaria and warred against it. Now, can I tell you, friend, this may not sound like an encouraging uh, thought at the outset, but here's something to understand. Often in your life, when you are confronted with the evils of this world, with the wickedness of this earth, with the pride of life, with all of these things that just try to distract us from what we are supposed to be doing, those things that war against us, we will often feel outnumbered. And physically speaking, tactically speaking, logistically speaking, strategically speaking, we might be at a disadvantage. We might be in a position where we don't have the upper hand. I, I mentioned this in days past when I talked about the biblical account, the historical account of Jonathan and his armor bearer going up to fight against the Philistines. I made this point that we love the story of the underdog when we're watching a sporting event, but when we become the underdog, all of a sudden, we're not as big of fans. We like peace through overwhelming superiority of firepower. We like to win with, figuratively speaking, by dropping nukes, not by taking a knife to a gunfight. We like to win big when we're talking about ourselves. But when we're looking at someone else, we love that story of the underdog. And here in this account, we have an underdog, and we have the aggressor. The aggressor, of course, is Ben-Hadad. He wants nothing more than to grind Ahab's face in the fact that Ben-Hadad has the upper hand, has the ability to dominate him. Can I tell you? In your Christian life, you might feel dominated at times. You might feel like you can't win. But may I make a biblical principle point to you that you and God... You don't need anyone else on your team, but you and God make a majority in whatever conflict you are in. And friend, you don't even realize that God doesn't need you to have a majority. He's powerful enough all by himself. The next time you feel outmanned, outgunned, outmaneuvered, 
realize if you are a child, a son or daughter of God, then you are already on the winning side. Well, I'm on the winning side. Yes, I'm on the winning side, as the song says. You don't have to worry about what's going on on the outside. If you can communicate and fellowship with God Almighty, you've already one, it's just a matter of time. I've read the back of the book, as the old parable goes, and we win. So, we're going to stop here for today. We see the overwhelming superiority that Ben-Hadad and his host, his wicked host, has. But how does Ahab respond? Well, from the offset, not very well. Let's see what we can learn from this account tomorrow on the Bible Track Echoes radio broadcast. Join us. Thanks for listening. God bless. Have a great day for His glory. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Track Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309 309- 828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.